Welcome to Movies, Charles Unseen, episode 92. My name is Crossman. I'm Wilson. And I'm Charles. Each week, Wilson and I share a classic movie we have seen with Charles that he hasn't seen. This week, we watch the 1987 movie, The Lost Boys. Charles, tell us about The Lost Boys. A family moves into the California seaside town of Santa Carla, I believe it's called. Not Santa Clara. Right. <laughs> yeah. Discover that it's the murder, murder capital of America, and tons of people are missing for some reason. Uh, now, the older son has the hots for this girl, so he tries to pursue her, and it turns out she's part of some gang, so he gets in with this gang. It turns out they're all vampires, and they try to make him into one. Um, and so he realizes this, and he starts to transform, but he decides that he doesn't want to feast on innocent beings to gain immortality. He works out with his brother and some vampire hunters to fight against this gang of vampires, and eventually they kill them all. <coughs> Uh, and then the man that their mother had been dating this whole time turns out to be the head vampire and like I think one of their one of the vampire's parents I think. And then the grandpa busts in with his truck and the giant wooden stake goes in through the <laughs> through the father vampire's chest. They're saved. The movie ends right there. Yep. The releases the vampire curse. Right. Yeah. Vampires yeah. are solved now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you you picked this movie, uh, Craftsman. Why, why Lost Boys? This is a well liked film. People it's, people really like this film. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I've heard that much about it before you guys brought it up. I think people my age, like kind of <coughs> mid thirties to like kind of older millennials, are really into this film. Like mm. it. Yeah. I mean, it didn't define an aesthetic, but it you know embodied an aesthetic, <laughs> right? Like this. Yeah. Kind of. Goth punk thing. It's very much the '80s hair metal take on vampires. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of hair in this movie. This movie <laughs> yeah. is like very '80s cool, and I think that's actually one of the things that's like alluring about it. That it's like <laughs> this SoCal scene. Yeah. It's like in the punk scene, and it's it's got you that rock and '80s music. I love that. <laughs> yeah. It has a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, you can imagine it like in the same universe as like Point Break, even. That's exactly what I was reminded of. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's very Point Break. Point Break yeah, uh, in this film. Um, yeah, Point Break was only what like three years later, two or three. Yeah, <coughs> I'm, so I'm sure there's like a influence here. Yeah. We, we don't see any surfing, but there are like surfboards. Yeah, well, yeah. Where's my surfing scenes. vampires movie? Yeah, <laughs> why, doesn't, why doesn't that exist yet? Um, it's got a hell of an '80s cast. Sure does. Like all the cool. 80s guys, Jason Patrick, Corey Haim, Corey Feldman, both Corys. Yep. Kiefer Sutherland, Diane Weist, too. Yeah. Who's great. It, I like this film. I think it's fun. I think it's very cool. Like, it's very. I think it's very not cool, right? Like, yeah. that's. Like, it's so darky. Like, yeah. everything about this movie <laughs> is so, like, aggressively uncool. That's what it feels like. That's kind of what's right. interesting about it, though, right? right? Where it's like. Yeah, like dirt bikes were cool in the eighties. Let's have dirt bikes. And, <laughs> yes, uh, knowing a lot about comics was really cool. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And um, weird, like eighties punk metal. And yeah, I, I, this is a, it's a strange film. I can see why it was successful. It's also kind of reminiscent of like Tombstone, where it's like here's a super cast, here's this like weird, very macho story. Yeah. Yeah. Very campy. Yes, it is very campy. Like yeah, this is. I don't know how to feel about this. My movie. guess is you, you don't like this film. I, no, I'm, I'm confused about my reaction to this film. Right? Like, I, I really <laughs> don't know how to how to feel about it because there's a lot of stuff that I just that doesn't land for me. Like the 
vampire aesthetic in general is just not my thing. <laughs> like the 80s. But this is different from that vampire right. aesthetic. Right. It, and it is and it isn't. Um, well, I, it's like a for its time <clears throat> modern take on, right. on vampires. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, the, a lot of the 80s stuff in, in my eyes just doesn't age very well in general. Not at all. Not no. at all here. I think a lot of the performances are just bad. <laughs> like, there are so many bad. Like the, the youngest brother is just not good. Well, he's a movie. kid. Yeah, and you can tell. <laughs> um, and so, but on the other hand, this movie, it, it has some funny moments, but I feel like a lot of the funny moments I'm laughing at the movie. I'm not sure how many of them are, like, intentionally humorous. Um, I, I don't even, I'm not even persuaded that this is a horror movie, or, or if it is, it's like the same way that Evil Dead 2 is a horror movie. Like, it's, it's a horror comedy. Yeah. Um, it seems like a horror in theme rather than in execution. Yeah, that's a it's good like, way to put it. It's pretty funny, right? <coughs> yes, very So, like, yeah. a, there's a lot of movies out there that are, quote-unquote, horror because they have monsters in them, yeah. right? Like, you, yeah. you lump all the Frankenstein and vampire and werewolf movies sure. as horror, right? But they're not necessarily <laughs> the terrifying. The, the universal monsters. Yeah, yeah the universal monsters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so what, what, what did you think about this one? So... I liked a few scenes, um, but I feel like overall the movie didn't really come together for me, unfortunately. Uh, it just felt like a bit of a mess to me, like just the progression of the plot, um, the characters and their relationships with each other, like nothing felt like it really made sense or that it was progressing in a way that made sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, the movie <laughs> ha has some of its charm, I like the music, uh, I love just anything 80s. Um, the, the scenes. Guy. Okay, Shirley Sacks Capello. guy was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Is this Tim Capella? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the known Sacks guy. <laughs> uh, I love all the scenes where they were fighting and killing the vampires at the end. I thought those were all really cool. I like those action scenes a lot too. I thought yeah. those like of all the <clears throat> movie, I thought that, that actually worked the best. Yeah, um, but otherwise, I feel like the rest of the movie. I mean, there's some good jokes too. Um, but the, a lot of the movie, like I said before, it just felt like a bit of a mess. Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty close to that. Like, because there are definitely parts that I like. I like Kiefer Sutherland in, in this, and I think he's underused. Like, he's a great kind of menacing, cool guy type of character. Um, and then, the, in terms of the campiness, the Corey Feldman role, like that was the campiness done right. Like that, that kid cracked me up pretty much the whole movie. And but for me, the best part of the movie is Grandpa. And because he seems to be dropped in from some other movie, and is yeah. like barely aware of what's going on. And I want to see whatever movie he was supposed to be in because that dude killed it over and over and over again. Literally, um, too, in the yes, end. Yes, in the end. Um, that guy was hilarious. And yeah. I love that character. Like, he's the best. Yeah, he's a goofy character. You set up, you set up like. He's supposed to be like an annoying character, but no, he's, yeah. he's charming and funny, yeah. and like you want to know more about what his yeah. fucking life is like. I, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that uh, the older son like gets back from like his rough night, and the grandpa gets back, and he's like, looks like someone else got lucky too tonight. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, so, like so, there he is. Like he's this this taxidermist <laughs> car mechanic that's going out and getting laid every night, yeah. and, like, <laughs> drinking cokes all the time. Yeah. Like, who is this guy? I love that he shows up with the. And, like stuffed wombat or whatever for that yeah, kid. He was like the a beaver. beaver the beaver, yeah. It's like, here it is to, to spruce just up like your room right, and looking at your face. right yeah. on his bedstand. Yeah, it's like a welcome <laughs> he knows what the home fuck he's doing. Yeah. President. That, so that had great President. payoff later when the kid like wakes up to the owl and he's like, ah, not again. And he goes to his closet <laughs> and there's like 50 of them piled up back. in his closet. <laughs> and he's, I love that he's going 
going on his date to see the widow Johnson or whatever, and he brings a stuffed dog with him. Right? Like he that this, I didn't catch. I he, didn't has a, like, he has a taxidermy dog in his passenger seat, like it's a gift, and you never see it again. So you're like, did she take it? Like, did she want this <laughs> thing? Was it her dog? Like, what? What the hell happened here? So yeah, that he's, dude, I want way more. He's of. a very long IMDb page. Well, yeah, because he's yeah. old as shit. He looks like he's fucking eighty when he did this movie. <laughs> yeah, let's see. It goes all the way back to. Probably like the 1930s or something. <laughs> 52. Okay, fine. But still, like he looks super old. Um, so yeah, I I thought that guy was just stole the movie from me. <laughs> like he was great. This movie struck me as like a more horror version of like Goonies, and yes. like a bit more mature. It's like a I, more mature Goonies. Yeah, I don't like Goonies. Like, and I think the reason I don't like Goonies is that I saw it when I was like 25. <laughs> which is like <laughs> yeah. way too late to it see it. I never, well. I never saw no. it. Yeah, no, don't. It's I didn't get good. around to it's, it. It's a, an abrasive, um, unpleasant movie to watch. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I like this. So you can see Sean Astin as a kid in it. Yeah, yeah. that's what you're into. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think this movie is better than Goonies. Um, but that's it, it, it has a very similar setting, or it's like on the coast, um, where the vampire, the vampire lair is reminiscent yeah. of the like pirate lair yeah. that shares uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least one cast member in Feldman. Right? Yeah, in Feldman. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, so I don't know if there's anybody else because who gives a shit about Goonies? But yeah, so like it has that going for it. But yes, I too was it's, reminded of Goonies. It's like there. It's like it's in the Goonie verse. <laughs> Uh, Do not introduce that word. Where the like the the Goonies hunt? It's like Goonies two vampires came to town or something. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like five years later. Yeah. 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 Like they're a little bit more grown up now. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I like the concept of like that. The only people that have figured out that there's vampires in this town are like the two comic book nerds, and they take it super, super seriously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like those characters a lot. Yeah, I, like they're funny. I, like I think this movie's at its best when it's being in, in, humorous, when it's a comedy. When it's a horror comedy, yeah. Yeah, well, not even the horror parts, like the, just a straight comedy, right? Like, because the vampire hunter kids is hilarious, the grandfather yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. Like all that shit works really well. Um, so I, I, yeah, to me that's the, the high point. Yeah, and of the all film. of the attempts at injecting <clears throat> drama just fell so flat. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I think the movie is a there's like a dichotomy to the movie where there's like the younger character, the younger brother who's <clears throat> seems to be the main character, but then we also have the older brother, and the movie doesn't seem to know which of those two people to follow. Yeah. And so we have there's like a very sp- split. The and, story here, and, where and, the the, bro- the older brother's story is like very serious, where he's like, his he's grappling soul, with his morality. Yeah, his like soul is like <laughs> on, the on, the, on the cusp of damnation. <laughs> yeah, and then we have this like Home Alone Goonies esque <laughs> comedy starring the younger brother, and right. we just like sewed those like two <laughs> movies together. And and neither brother is really that good. Like yeah. neither performance <laughs> really no. works for me. Like all the strong performances are in the supporting cast. Yeah, like like Dan. I, I like the younger brother's story a lot too. Like the, the story. The, the, the older like the brother's stuff is like over over serious. And yeah, it, it yeah. needed more Kiefer Sutherland, who's like obviously the best actor in this movie outright. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he just like like is kind of not in the middle portion of this movie kind of at all. Like he's gone for like a good half hour at least. Yeah, and like you notice. Right, like he is a presence, and like he kind of dominates. You're like, oh, the I have to be hanging out with this Michael dude. He's not cool. Kiefer Sutherland's yeah, cool. Yeah, he's not cool. Right, like yeah. he's kind of a drag. It's it's almost like what would fix this movie is if we just took out the brothers 
Yes. And then we focused on the like comic book nerd kids versus the, the vampires. <laughs> yeah, the if vampires. it was about them like That'd hunting nice. vampires and like figuring out how to kill them and all that. And and they do. Like they're right. they're effective at it. They're shown to be effective at like killing the Right, but the vampires. But they're also shown to be kids, right? Like you yeah. have this because so like you have kids. you have that scene at dinner where they like have come up with this scheme to capture the head vampire. Yeah, and, like none of it works, right? And like it's yeah. funny and it, it like sets up yeah. the, the twist at the end. Mm -hmm. um, so like if the whole movie was that kind of stuff, like I think that would be better. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so it's I mean yeah. it's kind of the Beetlejuice problem. Right, yeah. Where, like the leads. The are leads the worst, are bad. The yeah. leads are the worst part. Like the title character is the worst part, <laughs> and what you yeah. really just want to see is like the world. And, Focus on the wrong thing. <clears throat> and the supporting supporting cast in it. Um, that said, the world and the supporting cast are a lot of fun. Yeah, I love Southern California as like a horror sure. scenario. It's not actually Southern California. <clears throat> it's like mid coast California. It's filmed yeah. in Santa Cruz, which I've been to many times, so yeah. I recognize it very familiarly because like it's it's a lot oh, of really? fun to go to. I love going there. Uh, it's like an hour out from where I lived, um, so south, it's still right? it's still it's it's south, but south, like it's yes. not south enough to be not Northern California anymore. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's the same kind of deal. It's like got a beach, it's got the boardwalk and roller coaster and stuff, and you know, yeah. I just loved hanging out there. So it gave me some good childhood memories to see it okay. in this movie. So Actually, it's funny because um, this movie is set somewhere I've been to when I was a kid, and the previous movie it follows was set in Michigan. And I was oh, yeah. born in that area. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Now, I was too young to really remember it, but it's just funny that we've kind of tracked through my childhood with these last two movies. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. The, the Beach City as like a horrid setting, though, is funny. And the SoCal one in particular, or Mid-Coast, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, is is not because it's not like there's like a gothic like castle or something that right. we're spending our time in. Right. Yeah, you, the cave is perfect for that gothic feel. Yeah. Yeah, the cave works, but like the bulk of the action or like the climax of the action is in like a fucking log cabin or something. Yeah. Which again, not a normal especially a log cabin like on the coast. Not really a conventional horror setting. Yeah. Um they've wrecked that house. Like that place is just nearly burned to the ground when they're done. I mean the grandpa drives through the wall inexplicably. Right, like that's the other thing. I love that that's how they finish off the movie. And like he never explains like that he knew what he was doing, that he had an accident and you know fell asleep or whatever like he just fucking drove his yeah. truck through a wall <laughs> like, the and the movie's over <laughs> like, well his last line was pretty funny too. his last line was really funny because they're setting you up for him being the head vampire right like that's what the twist was going to be uh -huh. and then him coming along that is the grandpa yeah like that's what they were like priming you for yeah. and it's like no actually he just has a, a wise ass line he's just very aware of them <clears throat> right. but still lives there Right, which is also hilarious, right? Because yeah. he opens up the bottle of Coke and it's kind of red, and it's like, oh, is he drinking the the blood out of the bottle? But no, oh yeah, <laughs> like as I was like, that is that where this is going? No, it turns out it's the boyfriend. Yeah, it's we just, killed it. Just exactly the thing that the you, dork boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> is, is like actually this, the vampire. This total dweeb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> working at the movie store. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because it's like it's it's it is like. It's a very generational movie. Yes. Uh, and it's, by doing that, it's like, oh, all these, like, kind of punk vampires, like, they do come from, like, the source material is this, like, aristocratic yeah. Dracula, right? Where mm -hmm. it's like, and that's where we get the, that's how you update this, right? Where it's mm -hmm. like, we can't do Dracula anymore. We've done that so many times. It's boring. So yeah, let's have, like, the coolest like actors we can hire and like have them be vampires. <laughs> yeah. Right, but it, yeah. I mean, it does change the critique, right? Because the the yeah. original 
the Dracula style critique is that you have a rich person living in a giant house by himself, literally sucking the blood of the commoners around him, right? Like it was an economic critique. Yeah. The the early vampire, and this this abandons that. Now the critique is about drugs and gangs, right? Like that's what's going on here. Very eighties. Yeah. Like and also it's and it literally the title literally the Lost Boys, right? right? It's like the lost generation, generation. of mm -hmm. like people who. You just don't have a place in in society, so they you know they turn they're, to they're gangs into punk and music and gangs. And, yeah, and yeah. The, the thing that initiates yeah. him is consuming a, an illicit substance, right? Like mm -hmm. very aware of the, the drug message. Yeah, um, yeah, and he's in like pressured movie. in the doing it. Yeah, right? there's a peer pressure sequence, and like that's uh, depicted as something it's sinister and evil, and yeah. So it, I mean, it's a, a very Reagan era, yeah, kind of <laughs> conservative <laughs> styling um, here. And I guess that's Joel Schumacher. Like he has, he, he's not interested in like critiquing the zeitgeist in any way at all. <laughs> like he just wants to make his wacky action movies. Just wants to make a cool team movie. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I, I think that this is, like, this is what happens when you aren't like entering your film with any kind of political awareness. Because I don't think that Joel Schumacher came along and said like, I'm going to make a movie that explains why Reagan is right. Like I don't <laughs> think that that's what he's doing here. I think that he is just like making a movie that is like following a very natural path in this era and you end up with a, obviously a, mess, a movie that, that mess, the message enforces the dominant narrative. Yeah, it's like how do you make a broadly appealing <coughs> Dracula movie in the 80s? Like, right, you, you make yeah. a movie about how drugs and gangs are scary and evil, right? It's like, yeah. oh, yep, here we are. <laughs> this is that movie. Which is, you see this in every 80s action movie yeah. about gangs. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> again, and, and now you see it, it's about terrorism, right? Like, if you don't want to think about your politics at all. I, I think luckily we're kind of moving past Yeah, that. this is early 2000s. The odds, like everything for sure is about yeah. terrorism. Right, and, and yeah, you're right. We are, yeah. we got bored of that or whatever, or, or yeah. we're aware of it. But um, that, I, that's I something we saw. Know, I, now it's all Marvel action. Right, so the bad guys are, are just Marvel. Or the other superheroes. Yeah. Or something. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're correct. Um, but I, I think this is what happens when you have a default politic or, or an unthoughtful politic, is you get this kind of movie. Um, it's the Transformers of its era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not quite as aggressively you know, chauvinistic as, as Transformers, because that movie really does kind of embrace its its right-wing politics, I think, more aggressively than this movie does. But, yeah. I think this one just uses them carelessly. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's the right word, right? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. it, the, the carelessness Doesn't of the politics here. Doesn't think about it. Yeah. 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 Um, I didn't really think too much about the drug and gang angle, actually, because what reflected most on me was, like, the Michael character trying to find his own group, trying to yeah. find where he belonged. And the kind of cost of like changing yourself to try to become popular, mm -hmm. um, and he realizes it's kind of like Mean Girls, right? Like he kind of realizes he's <laughs> yeah. sort of exactly. changed himself for the worst to become like them, and yeah. he realizes that he doesn't like a lot of what they are, despite them seeming cool. Like there's a lot of cost to seeming cool. He's tricked into it in a similar fashion too. Yeah, where it's like it's just like very alluring, and he like wants to like fall in with this. Well, Great. there's that, yeah. but I, the reason he does yeah. it initially is because he thinks that girl's cute. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, that's that's really all it is. <laughs> Which is what, a guy to do a lot. Uh, yeah. Mean Girl's the same thing, though. It's just a yeah, cute, you're right. cute guy, right? <laughs> yeah, that she, that's true. Yeah. She, she wants to get revenge mean, for <laughs> yeah, This is the first Mean Girls. Last Boys, Mean Girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there it is. Um, it's, it's the brother movie to Mean Girls. To Mean Girls. Well, there you yeah. go. You're exactly right. Um, yeah. Not as funny, but still pretty funny. Um, 
<laughs> so yeah, I, I, they, they, he eventually gets the girl, and they like start making out, and they hook up, and they, it seems like they've exchanged like ten lines of dialogue. Jamie maybe. Gertz too. Who's Jamie Gertz is the oh star. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that didn't make any goddamn sense. It made no sense. sense at all. Yeah. Like, like they were like he lands in the sense. thing, and they start talking a bit, and suddenly they're having sex. I'm like, what? Where did this come from? It, right. It's just like it follows. It just came out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> they also <laughs> introduce very late a child vampire. In yeah, he story. shows yeah. up on the. He's in the movie at the beginning. Like you see him just kind of wandering around. Oh, I must have missed I didn't that. See but he that. Does, that nobody interacts with him, and he doesn't say anything. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> um, and then there's a shot of a, a milk carton missing thing. Uh, thing. Oh, I remember that. That's that kid. That's like, a, okay. He's the one that's missing. Gotcha. Um, but it's not. They never make clear who the hell he is. Like, is it Star's brother? His her. Son, like, yeah, because later they're protecting him, and Star seems to care about him a lot. So I'm like, did I miss some dialogue about her having a child or something? Yeah. I thought, um, I thought like he was gonna be the head vampire. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, because it's like a yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that would have been a twist. <laughs> that, yeah, that one would have gotten me. I, I yeah, because no, because he's wearing like a old-timey jacket for some reason. And yeah, it's like it, yeah. not explained. It's either. a bizarre... Well, it looks fitting like a in with their jacket. attire. Yeah. They, they all have kind of strange clothing, right? I mean, right. like, I'm pretty sure Star wears a very old and frilly looking outfit at some point. She, yeah, she looks yeah. Like, a, like a... She looks like she's in a Zora movie. Yeah, or a, she a Gypsy She looks or like Esmeralda from have you Notre seen Dame. I guess the, it's yes. the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Charles, have you seen any of the Zora movies? I have not. I think I've seen, I've seen one. I don't know what one. Did you see <laughs> the Antonio Banderas one? Probably. It's probably totally forgettable. Yeah, well, obviously, since I don't remember it. I know I did yeah. see one of them, but uh, yeah, I don't remember uh, which one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. anyways. <laughs> there's, there's plenty. Um, so yeah, you're right. Like There, there are some curious uh, uh, fashion choices in this movie. Well, it's, meant to, it's like a punk aesthetic, yeah, right? Yeah. Where they're wearing like captain's clothing for like, well, uh, th- or, like the, a captain's jacket. When the younger brother goes into the comic book store, that's the first thing that Corey Feldman mentions is that like he's dressed like a dressed poorly. I don't remember what specific eighties mm-hmm. slang he uses to <laughs> yeah. articulate that, but that like they make fun of him for his clothing at the comic book store. <laughs> it's like, yeah. all right. I guess that's that's what's going on now. Um, so yeah, like the I think the clothing choices are significant here. I I like how kind of brutal some of the action is. Like when they Kill that like first vampire. <laughs> he like like, it, like melts and like explodes. He, he, apparently he was just full like of chocolate. alien blood everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like chocolate. It looks like he just like somebody had just like squeezed a bunch of Hershey's yeah. syrup into him, and it's like yeah. this is what was inside of this guy. Uh, and then later we have kind of a like RoboCop esque <laughs> like melting like uh, when they push the guy to the bathtub. Yeah, the holy water yeah. garlic bathtub. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the tasty one. soup. Right, and they filled up what like two or three canteens worth of. Uh, yeah, how did they uh, make that much holy water? Oh, they diluted that holy water pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. Like, hit that, that no, but that well. scene felt kind of like <clears throat> what am I thinking of? Maybe Nightmare on Elm Street. With the melting in the bathtub scene? Yeah, like when the guy gets sucked into the bed and all the yeah. blood like shoots out Johnny of it. Depp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I see the parallels. Um, and then the other like big dumb death was when that guy is electrocuted against the stereo and some random '80s rock tune <laughs> starts playing <laughs> as he's getting death electrocuted. Death by stereo. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought the whole action sequence at the end was good. Like I enjoyed seeing these like kids like kill these teen vampires. Right, like these vampires were not formidable. Right, like no. literally a bunch of children came 
and took them all out. I, yeah. I kind of like that, though. I wish that was the movie, right? Where it was, like, Kid Vampire Hunters. Yes. The movie. That would be, like, a cool movie. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I agree. Because the, the worst part of that sequence was when Michael shows up and, like, has a serious fight. He gets fight. all mopey. He, right. And it's like, this is the real... Well, they have, like, the air part. fight. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. they they look like fucking DBC characters or something. <laughs> yeah, it was other. weird. Um, and then they take turns weird. Uh, to see, to figure out who's going to get impaled on the antlers uh, to to death, and Kiefer loses. <laughs> <laughs> Big surprise. Big surprise. Um, so yeah, like I I agree. Like I think that sequence works, and I think it is in tone with the rest of the movie because there's like a a playfulness to it, right? Like it's yeah. it's fun, it's silly, it's like kind of aware that it's silly. Um, and I think it works for that reason. Yeah, and they they push the violence in like yeah. interesting ways where it's not like Home Alone where it's like a a goofy. Yeah, like well, it was very reminiscent of Home Alone. Uh, like they set up all these traps and like mm-hmm. and they these work. sort of bumbling vampires. It's funny because like, Home Alone has some pretty horrifying violence in it, but they dial it down like how it actually looks. Yeah, so it becomes more comedic. Yeah, like both of those guys, those burglars would be. Long yeah, dead. Yeah, they were dead as hell. Like, <laughs> yeah. Very, very briefly into the movie, they're already dead, I think. But, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. whereas, like, here, like, the traps are, like, very effective against the vampires. Right, and they need to yeah. be because they're, you know, because they're vampires. Yeah. Uh, it kind of played a little bit loose with vampire mythology. A lot. Yeah. yeah. So, like, kind of develops its own version of it. Because, as far as I know, this half vampire thing is novel to this. Universe. What was the half vampire thing? So like that, he drinks blood and he becomes he gets vampire powers, but he's not like really a vampire until he feeds on someone and kills somebody. Okay. I think is how it worked because he like was half showing up in the mirror sure, and yeah. stuff like that. He's got to cross over. Um, oh, and they had that funny like Back to the Future esque <coughs> fading effect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then like the the rule about like if the vampire is invited into your home, the vampire weaknesses don't apply. I'd never heard of that They before. had to introduce a new rule to make the twist work. <laughs> right, and that's kind of what it felt like. I mean, I saw him inviting him in, which I thought was a cute little scene, right? Because it's right. like the thing, right? That you have it's, to invite them into your house. Yes. The vampire mythology is like 85% of the way there. <laughs> right, yeah. and then like, I was also wondering how they were going to handle the invitation rule during that last fight. And then yeah. the vampire just like fucking flies through the wall. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, that's how they're going to do it. He's just going to fly through the wall and they're going to ignore it. And I was like, all right. Um, And, like, fine. Like, uh, that's what your movie is. But, like, I spent a lot of my time watching it, like, trying to piece together. They go out in the sun, too, briefly. Yeah, they have that rule. But then also, like, apparently the sun is fine for the half vampires because you have the Michael character walking around during the daytime. For convenience, I guess. Right, all the time. Um, So, again, like, it didn't exactly lay out what the rules are. And,. I don't know if that's really that important, but yeah. it's, a, it's a thing that I noticed. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, because you're, you're like, oh, he's going to, like, melt when he goes in the sun. Yeah, it's like, nope, he's, he's like, fine. No, he's yeah. fine, yeah. <laughs> But this guy isn't fine. Like, he does have to wear sunglasses, though. He is, like, uh, a little light sun-phobic. Yeah. Right, and he starts sleeping all day and yeah. staying out all night, but that's just what kids that's in the That's just how teens did. work, yeah. That's just how teens work, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, I, I, noted, I, I noted that about the movie. I do like that idea that, like, you could be a vampire or you could just be like a shithead teen and <laughs> it's, it's like thing. it's unclear to, <laughs> yeah. it's unclear to his mom 
<laughs> right. I mean, yeah. the first thing you're going to go to is certainly not vampire. If your your teenager yeah. is mopey, and yeah, yeah, outside. totally. That's not the first instinct. <laughs> yeah. That's that's pretty mo pretty normal. Yeah, uh, Crestman, you had mentioned off the air that there's a sequel and a TV series. There's a few sequels, I think. Oh, a few sequels. Man. I and did not know Corey that. Corey Feldman, I think, is in. Oh, he was like the one of the best characters. So. Maybe the They're terrible. Don't, oh, you've seen don't them? watch them. <laughs> okay. I, I saw one on TV and I was like, what? What is this? <laughs> I have no idea what the TV series is like. I bet it's awful. I'm, I'm sure. Is it live action or did they animate it? Or? It seems like something that could I think have, it's live action. That could have been translated to animation. Yeah. Reasonably. I'm sure it's terrible. Uh, when was that? When did that happen? Probably the 90s. the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. But okay, because so I, I had no idea there were even any number of sequels to this uh, movie. Although it makes sense to me, see. it makes sense to me that there are. Pull this up on IMDb. Okay, the '90s continues to be kind of a shittier version of the '80s. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's just like, what if we did this again? Yeah. Only worse. <laughs> yeah. Same kind of thing. The Lost Boys: The Thirst came out in Thirst. 2010. <laughs> what? <laughs> starring Corey Feldman. As an adult. And before that, uh, Lost Boys: The Tribe. Uh, came out in 2008. So these are all wow. relatively Corey's recent. Corey's not in that one, but there is someone named Angus Sutherland. Okay. There's a lot of Sutherlands out there. Yeah. There are. Donald is good. Yeah. Uh, Kiefer's good, too. Are it's Donald and Kiefer related? Yeah. He, Father, Father son. son. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. yeah. Kiefer Sutherland is one of those actors where, like, I don't normally have this problem, but I can't really watch anything without seeing Jack Bauer. Yeah. Yeah, like, Kiefer Sutherland is just always... It's yeah, really a role that defines. Well, that's yeah. how I feel like John Krasinski is for me. He's never not going to be Jim. Right, but he like goes through a physical transformation in a lot of his other it, roles. I can still see him. It doesn't help. <laughs> okay, I right, still see Jim right through his beard. Yeah, like this is yeah. It's a problem I don't normally have, and I think that like the beard offsets it for me. But like, Jack Bauer looks the same as any Kiefer Sutherland character. So, and most of the time, he's just like a guy in a, in a Henley. Yeah, and like that's it. So Angus Sutherland is his brother. Okay. Okay, Kiefer's Kiefer. brother. Well, maybe a half brother. Okay, unclear. But Something he's like that. he's direct really. His father is Donald Sutherland. Got okay. it. Yeah. So. Same bloodline. Same. Bloodline. Oh, and Corey Feldman's in this movie too. Wait, is it a movie or is it a TV show? The. This the, is in the tribe. The Last Boys, the tribe. Yeah. This is not the one you've seen. No, I, I haven't okay. seen. See, because like yeah. if, if they're like the movie that is Corey Feldman like rounding up a bunch of youthful vampire hunters to go out and like investigate vampire crimes and figure out how to stake them. That sounds awesome. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, but I that's, want to see that. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't, I don't think that exists. Or maybe it's bad if it does exist. I think, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Stranger Things is kind of that, but. Yeah, I still yeah. haven't seen Stranger Things. Really? I'm so unmoved by nostalgia that I've. I, I think it's good it. enough that you're not watching it for nostalgia reasons. That's probably true, but... I don't, I don't even find that to be, like, the overriding thing about Stranger Things. I think okay. it's just, like, a, I like the story. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it helped me want to watch it because it's got some great 80s music and style, but, yeah. like, I kept watching it because it's good. Yeah, I like the setting. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, you guys aren't the first people to tell me this. I yeah. think you specifically have told me this before, but this, it's always been like, yeah, but here's... Of some other thing I can watch. Always too much stuff. Yeah, always, I get it. Always yeah. too much stuff. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely issues with the series, but I, I find it like very endearing and like very watchable. No, yeah. this feels like something that could be referenced in Stranger Things. This, this feels oh, yeah. like like For fertile sure. ground, and and it's such an easy thing to reference because there isn't that much else that looks like it, right? Like if, say what you will about Joel, Joel Schumacher, and there's a lot of 
He, like he's vulnerable <laughs> to many critiques, um, but he makes a, his movies have a look, right? Like he knows how to craft something. Even the bad Batman movies that he made, like they are completely distinct from every other Batman movie. Yeah, and you never forget the nipples, right? Like, and you never forget like his design for for Poison Ivy or uh, Mister Freeze, like that, and, and that it's like it looks like this comic book. Actually, I think they do yeah. directly reference the Lost Boys <clears throat> in the second season because one of the characters kind of disappears and then they come back and they and they're, they're a vampire. <laughs> well, they're they're dressed kind of like Keith or Keith okay. Sutherland in this movie. Oh, yeah. that right? right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I'm pretty sure that's the reference. That would yeah. It's, it's, it's a general yeah. aesthetic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the horror punk yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think that's to Schumacher's credit. Like he's not. A, I'm not going to put him on my list of favorite directors at all. But he has strengths, and like defining a look, I think is one of them. Um, so, you know, good for him. I, th- I think this film was like very of its moment. Yes. But, like it like engaged with. Um, I guess like culture, but counterculture too, mm-hmm. like really well. And yeah, and it's yeah. like this heightened version of counterculture. Yeah, right. Because not just heightened in the sense that it's there's vampires in it and, sh- and shit, but like the beginning of this movie, like apparently there's a giant party on the boardwalk every night with like live bands and like just tons of people hanging out, and like that's just what life is. And when you're part of this weird underground thing. Yeah, and there's like, like a okay. teen dirt bike gang, <laughs> right? Like, that like people are fine with. There's no cops in this movie. Well, there's the like security guard at the beginning that like gets owned. That's like, it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like there's no proper police. That's part of the like generational conflict in this film, though, right? Right. Because they're like, screw you, old man. They like kill that security guard because he comes in. And he's like, he's like anti-punk and like right. And he's yeah. trying to get everybody. To, although he really yeah. just stopped Kiefer Sutherland from like sexually harassing that girl. So. That's probably a good yeah, thing for yeah. him to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like there's no cops that I recall in this movie at all. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the film is like trying to engage with that. Right. <laughs> like, I, I, but yeah. I, to me, that's like a notable absence. Right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. A, that's that that they're not there. That there's no identifiable law enforcement because it, it like there are some horror movies where at the very least you'll have people like go to the cops and the cops will ignore them. Right? Well, and, and like, this movie doesn't even do that. This film like does engage with crime and crime wave, right? Because yeah. in the beginning, they're like, murder capital. Right. Yeah. Where are the police? If this yeah. is the murder capital of the world, yeah. right? Like, why aren't there any cops? Why aren't there cops just like flooding this boardwalk, right? Like, they're not there <laughs> they're, at like, all. Like, investigating the missing person's cases. Right. Any number of them. Like, y- the you, hundreds of them. You never see a uniform. And like, that is interesting. That's an interesting choice. Because they had to have come up when they were writing the script to be like, why aren't they just going to the police? And they decided to, to just ignore it. Yeah. Have um, you seen Arachnophobia? No. I don't like spiders. Or well, you would hate Arachnophobia. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason I didn't, didn't go see it. There were a lot of real spiders in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. no. I'm sure. If you, sure you haven't no, seen Arachnophobia. I, I also do not like spiders. It is great. Okay. Yeah. It, I mean, it looks just like a dumb monster flasher flick. Uh, totally. Okay. It is that. <laughs> okay, that, that's what I thought. It's good, though. Yeah, that's kind of the impression I got from this type of movie, right? It's like the horror equivalent of a brainless action movie, where if you're really yeah. into the genre, it's, it hits all the buttons that you want it to hit, whereas if you're not in the genre, it feels maybe a little shallow, right? Because you don't have any, like, 
there's not too many deeper ideas or like good character interactions or plot or anything like that that might attract someone who's not into the genre. Whereas if you are, you see these cool monsters, you see all these like you know brutal killing scenes and things like that. Yeah, to me, like this, this really only has kind of one foot in the horror genre, though. Right, like it, it hits on some of the aesthetic stuff because you know there's vampires in it, and like there's a couple of, of gory kills, but like the bulk of the film, like I don't I don't feel at that high of a tension. I, and I don't I certainly mm. never felt like dread or horror no, or, I was never or really fear. Scared. It's not a scary movie. It's not a scary movie. Yeah. Um. So I it's to like me a, this it's is an action horror film. Action yeah. comedy horror film, kind of almost in that order. Um. And so for me. Like, I know this movie's popular, but I'm not crystal clear on who the audience is. Um, apparently, it's you. It's a pop Osmond. film. Yeah. It's a, no, it's <laughs> yeah. like very of its time. Like the, it almost strikes me as like a Marvel movie of its day because it's like here's a ton of famous actors in yeah. this like quasi fantasy setting. Right, and, and we kind of don't have anything to say. Right, like yeah. that's that's the that, that's <laughs> a prototypical Mar Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We like don't have yeah. a, a message here. Um, Marvel's gotten better about that, but uh, not good enough. Not every Marvel. No, certainly not yeah. every Marvel movie, but like, yeah. more of them have been, you know, more thoughtfully made. Um, so yeah, I, I hear that critique. Um, it's just it's it, you know it's a popular film. People yeah. of this era like engage with this. Yeah, yeah, I I don't know what Diane Weist is doing in this movie. <laughs> like she does she doesn't <laughs> strike me because like I associate her with like semi-serious roles and like she doesn't strike me as someone that would appear in something quite this campy. Well, it's, it's funny for her not to be long in with the tone of the movie because yeah. she comes back and like doesn't have any idea what's going on right. and like that's pretty funny right and she's just like completely <laughs> clueless as to what's going on with her sons. Yeah well, or she has like a normal person reaction which yeah, is exactly. that they're behaving like teenagers. This, yeah. is what, this is what teenagers do. And that was um, funny. Yeah and I, I kind of got a kick out of her like almost agreeing to join the vampire cult, right? Like, she's pretty close to just, like, yeah. saying, yeah, okay, go for it with the, with the dude at the end. And then well, I mean, she's got an immortal, like, beast, like, trying to coerce her. I don't know if she has that much choice in the matter. Right, and I think that's what was going on there. And, and the, the movie never actually requires her to make a choice because then the grandpa drives his truck through the wall. Yeah, <laughs> but for no reason. Like, I was like, oh, she, she's going to go for it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she, she thinks this is okay. Um, so I, I, I got a kick out of that. So, yeah, like a few things. I'm just looking at the article right now. So the film was originally set to be directed by Richard Donner, and, and the screenplay he, written by he produced it. A couple of people um, was modeled on Donner's recent hit, The Goonies. Okay. Well, there you go. Cool. Right, there right, we right. go. Yeah. So right. it is like a direct reference. Us. I, I think this is just like a big budget film of its day. So like they can pull Diane Weiss down, like even for you know an ancillary role in a film like yeah. this. Well, and to so. the f like speaking of her role here and to the film's credit like this is a pretty nuanced depiction of a single mother in the 80s yeah right like that they talk about like she has her divorce she talks about how she could have gotten a bunch of money from the divorce but just wanted the relationship to, to be over she's moving her family across the country into a, a, a totally new town and like running the family by herself because her grandfather certainly isn't helping out that month she is dating she's that depicts how that's complicated for her isn't that right. like a E.T. reference? Oh, E.T. is like the same thing, like the dad. <laughs> have you seen E.T., Charles? I have not seen E.T. Oh, okay. We can add that to the list. Who are like <laughs> sci-fi, playing sci-fi November. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's certainly on there now. Um, very similar situation where it's like 
the kids kind of have their run of the town. Yeah. The mother's divorce. Things are like not working out family wise. Right. But I mean, yeah. they, I don't think they show her as a as a fuck up. Right. And I think that no, that's but E.T. doesn't either. No, it doesn't. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I think that 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 is noteworthy. That like she has she's shown to want her own stuff. She wants to date. She wants to go get a job. She wants to be able to raise these kids. Yeah. So she she is thoughtful with them. Right. Like she approaches her oldest son about like, hey, what's wrong? You can talk to me about this stuff. <laughs> She, she cares. This is, yeah. This is the era that was when like divorce numbers were like historically high. Yeah. So, but I'm, uh, yeah. I'm saying it's easy to depict a, a single mother in much more, uh, a much less positive light. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think that it is again to the to the film's credit and the Schumacher's credit that it that doesn't do that. That it's like taking some time to really do something with this character. Yeah. Can you, can you think of? bad depictions of them? Because I feel like whenever I see a single mom character, they're usually that kind of very strong and loving and caring person. Like this, It, it felt familiar in this movie to me. I, I, to me, when it is done poorly, it's when they aren't shown to have anything to do outside of like caring for this kid or just like have nothing to do in the movie in general. Okay. And like this movie took the time to like give her some substance and some character, right? Like so yeah. she, she wants to go out on a date, right? And she's like making an effort to do that, and we see how that can conflict with her, her duties as a as a parent yeah. and, and things like that. Um, so when I say that it does that well, I guess it just I just mean that it, like it gives her time and space. Sure, to, to like be she's a something. real character. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and I think like prior to the '80s, it like would have been seen like very poorly, like divorces portrayed. Right, or like, or you'll see as de- a societal ill. Yeah, okay. or you'll, you'll see yeah. depictions of um, like a, a single mother being selfish, right? Like that, that yeah. she would leave the man, and that's that's bad for the children, and she's doing it for her because she doesn't uh, want to be in the relationship <clears throat> or in the marriage anymore. Um, and this movie, like that's antiquated now, obviously, yeah. and antiquated in the eighties. Um, so it, like it doesn't do that. Um, so yeah, I liked her here, and I liked her performance. Yeah, and, and her depiction in general. Like double indemnity, it's like a poor, poor depiction of divorce. <laughs> yes. Remember, his like wife is like trying to bilk him for like money. Right. Yeah. Right. And the or ex-wife, like she refuses to get divorced. Right? Isn't that what happens? I and, believe so. Yeah. And she's like shaking him down. Yeah. yeah. And then this movie is like very explicitly rejecting that kind of mm-hmm. depiction. Yeah. Yeah. So good for, good for Schumacher. Yeah. yeah. Or Strangers on a Train, not Double Indemnity. Strangers on a yeah, Train. Yeah, yeah. Like, remember the main character is like getting, <clears throat> getting divorced and being shaked down. But yes. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, I I still I, I I enjoyed this watch through. Like I don't hate this film. No, I did. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to come down on it too hard because there's a lot of stuff that I liked, which which I mentioned here. So yeah, yeah, I'm not interested in. in I don't think we have the like turn that we took on like Tombstone. No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Tombstone is actually just a bad movie at this point. Um, <laughs> so, like, yeah, I, I, I did turn on that one. Uh, but no, no, I don't think this, I think there's plenty of merit here. Um, I think there are, there are major flaws that prevent me from really loving it. Um, and, like, I can see the better movie it could have been. And yeah. that is, that's a problem. But, um, yeah, it, it was fun to watch. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think that's ma- basically where I am. Charles? Yeah, yeah. Um, thoughts the same as before, you know? Movie's a bit of a mess. I don't know how long I'll remember it, um, but it had its moments. Yeah, that's it. and and really, like if you want to talk about basic problems with the film, like that's just it. It's like that the the character arcs aren't there basically, or that they're really 
handled very clumsily, especially with the lead characters. Um, so like that, you know, is going to be a fundamental problem with any, with any movie that has that problem. Um, and, it's, and it's here. It's a shame, but you know, there's enough good stuff to make it worthwhile for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll, we'll be back in a sec with things we've seen. seen. All right. Thanks for listening. And we're back with Things We've Seen. This is a segment where we talk about other movies that we've seen more recently uh, that are unrelated to the podcast. So, Wilson, what have you seen recently? Okay, this was a rewatch for me, um, but it was a rewatch. It was a movie I haven't seen in a good 10 years, um, so I decided to come back to it. Um, I watched Spider Man 3. Oh boy! <laughs> Which is on. This is the much maligned yes. Spider-Man. <laughs> this is this is the. It's on Netflix right now, so I was like, yeah, let's try this it. This like killed the original series. Yes, right? correct. Yeah. Um, so this is the last of the Sam Raimi movies. The first two Spider-Man movies, one and two, are the, the last Sam Raimi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so the um, the first two are commonly remembered as two of the best comic book movies outright. Two is considered two. Like, it, it, the, if someone said like that was their favorite theory, yeah. comic book movie, I wouldn't argue at all. And it might be mine, actually. They're great. Um, but three had a very negative reaction. Uh, the director has since disavowed it um, as of a few years ago. Universally regarded as just the worst of, of the batch. And we have a, numerous Spider-Man movies at this point. Um, it the primary villain, or the most advertised villain, was Venom, so part of the reason I went back to it is we have this Venom movie coming out, which I haven't seen yet, which apparently everybody hates. Um, <laughs> and I wanted to, and that you might like not even see. It's yes. in the 30s, last I checked. Currently, yeah. Which is... Uh, and like putting Venom in its own movie is a stupid idea. Like the the character only makes sense in in contrast to Peter Parker. And um, it's a costume, right? It's like a design more so, than it is. Yeah. yeah, so like in the mythology, the, the Marvel mythology, it's a alien, right? It's this alien symbiote that... That happens to look a lot like Spider-Man? Yes. Um, so it kind of will... It, it, so it's a symbiote, so it'll have a host, and it'll like take on some characteristics of its host sure. and the world around it when it bonds with somebody. Okay. And that's basically how it's used in, in Spider-Man 3. The other... The villain that was less advertised, but is more Sandman. central, is <laughs> Sandman. Yeah, um, and Sandman is just a, a Thomas Hayden Church. It's Thomas hot, Hayden. hot off of um, Sideways. Sideways. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, fun fact about Sandman: he was actually the first villain to show up in the Spider-Man comics. It was, oh. A lot of people would assume that it's Green Goblin because that's the most famous yeah. Marvel villain. No, it was Sandman. The way Peter Parker beats Sandman in the first comics is that he vacuums him up with a vacuum <laughs> <laughs> and delivers the canister to the police. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not what happened in this movie. <laughs> but that oh, is. What that is it like it, the 50s or the 60s or something? The 60s, yeah. That's so much that he just era. Literally takes a vacuum cleaner and sucks him up, <laughs> delivers the canister to the cops. Um, so I didn't hate this movie. Like I, I went into it like How I haven't. Is that possible? I, I saw I saw it in two thousand seven. I was in college at the time. I was stoked for it because I loved the first two. Yeah. I left it and I was like, that was a fucking train wreck. And I haven't watched it since then. Um, it worked a lot better for me this time. It might be because my expectations were substantially lower this time around. Obviously, um, the funny thing is that the best part of the movie was definitely emo Peter Parker. <laughs> it was like by a wide margin the funniest portion of the movie it had the, the the best character beat like it showed exactly why he's doing what he's doing and like how it got him to that point and like where it leaves him at the end of it it has it's the highest energy moment of the movie it feels propulsive in a movie that kind of wanders around sometimes so I feel like this movie got a 
bad rap because it had the audience is making a texture versus substance mistake, right? So there's a lot of weird tonal shifts in this movie, and the most obvious one is the emo Peter Parker. And for the for the audience that isn't aware, there's a moment in this movie where like bad shit is happening to Peter Parker, and he's decide, he decides that he's going to break bad, and he gets this emo haircut, and he like starts strutting around town, and <laughs> does he have the Venom guns. symbiote at that point? They don't make it explicit, um, so it like attaches to his bike, and then it will infect his suit. So that's how you get the black Spider-Man suit in this. Continuity. But he's like kind of able to take it off, right? Right. He event like that's the turning point of the character, which happens after yeah. this, is that he learns that like all of his bad, bad and selfish actions up until this point are actually not working out that great for him, hurting the people around him. So he tears off the Venom suit, and part of it falls onto Eddie Brock, who is Venom in main Marvel continuity, and that's how Marvel shows, and that's how Venom shows up. A good hour twenty into this movie <laughs> is when this, this, mar- this epic marathon. <laughs> yeah, because um, Sam Raimi just didn't want. Venom to be in this movie at all, and so he delayed it as long as he could. Um, so Venom's in this movie for like the last forty minutes or something. That sounds like a studio meddling. That's, yeah, that's studio exactly decision. what it was. Yeah, because yeah, okay. yeah, Sam Raimi's been crystal clear. He does not want Venom in this movie. He doesn't like the character at all yeah. in general. Maybe that's part of why the movie seemed like such a mess. Right? Yes, I mean yeah, like because there's not just Venom and Sandman, right? Green Goblin. The Green Goblin yeah. comes up, comes Dude, back. New, yeah, no, no, Hobgoblin comes back. Well, okay, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> Green Goblin is dead. <laughs> I remember walking out of this film being like, that was all over the place. It like, is all over the place. Yeah. It's a super weird movie. It has like mid-scene tonal shifts. Right? Yeah. It makes a lot of weird jokes. It like introduces Gwen Stacy like w- well into the MJ Peter Parker relationship, which is again not how that character is normally treated. Yeah. Uh, that said, it has a lot of stuff that I think was out of step with its time, but feels more appropriate now. Uh, so this came out in 2007, which it. Predates MCU. Predates MCU, but it's yeah. also running concurrent with The Dark Knight. And like, this movie... <laughs> Quite this, a comparison. Yeah, this movie is drastically different than Dark Knight. Like, that has a consistent tone throughout the entire movie. It knows exactly what kind of note it wants to strike, and it's a, it's a note that an audience is very ready for. It wants to be, be darker. It wants to be serious. We're ready for to be treated like adults when we go see superhero movies, and or what we think adults are. And this movie is doing something very, very different than that, where it really is taking all, like, the tone and the tonal shifts and the weirdness of old, like, silver era comics and just, like, depicting that pretty straight ahead, right? So, like, the way that Venom is defeated when he first appears in the 80s is that it works out that he's vulnerable to sound. And so, like, Peter Parker just, like, gets a bunch of, like, hollow metal beams and hits them, and, like, that makes Venom freak out and go away. That's exactly what happens in this movie. Right, like that is precisely how comic book accurate. Yeah, it is. It is comic accurate, and that's not what audiences wanted in 2007. What audiences wanted in 2007 was The Dark Knight, and so I think what we can see now, 11 years removed from that movie, is more clearly what Sam Raimi was shooting for, and like why it can kind of work sometimes, and why like the relationship drama part of Peter Parker, which is a lot of this film, can kind of land and like have a clear arc that while this movie has major problems, and most of those problems have to do with the villains just like not having any kind of arc at all, um, makes it not terrible and like kind of watchable, and there's definitely fun stuff in here. 
It's certainly the worst of his three movies. Like, I'm, it, it doesn't compare to those. But it's better than the, the Amazing Spider-Man movies. And I think it's not even that close. I give this movie credit just for the pie-eating <laughs> so good scene, which has <laughs> yes. become one of my favorite gifs of all time. Which comes at a great moment. because no, The dance scene, too, when he's dancing down yeah. the street. That's, this, like the, that's the emo Peter Parker stuff. And the yeah. best part of the movie. This movie has multiple musical numbers. <laughs> like, oh, God. Which people forget about. Because there's that sequence with emo Peter Parker. It opens with uh, MJ like doing a song on Broadway. And then there's some other song that she sings in a bar somewhere. Doesn't the first movie has a uh, Macy Gray concert in it too? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Briefly. It shows up. So yeah, like yeah. it, it's campy, right? Like yeah. it, it's it's comic booky. Yeah. In a way that like uh, the Christopher Nolan movies was running away from the source material. This was really running towards it. Yeah. Um, and I think that audiences weren't weren't ready for that. Um, so that that pie eating so good thing that comes when um, <laughs> the the James Franco character um, Harry Osborn has manipulated MJ into dumping Peter Parker and lied to Peter Parker about him being the one that's dating MJ now and Peter Parker just left and he's super upset and angry about it and like that's what what Harry is enjoying at that moment, right? So that's the, the kind of absurd shit that is going on in this movie. Yeah, and, and then like, he turns around and winks at Peter and right. then vanishes. And then vanishes, yeah, like a fucking He, he does one of the, like, car drive-by vanishings. <laughs> yeah, um, so if you go into the movie, like, ready for that kind of stuff, I think it lands a lot better. Um, so I think it's worth revisiting. Like, don't, it's not going to be as good as, as one or two, but it is, it's fun and, and silly and... I, I mostly liked it. Oh, and um, the Topher Grace character, Eddie Brock, fantastic. Like, Topher Grace. Really? I remember hating Topher, Topher Grace. He's in such a great villain and such like a, a, like a sniveling climber the whole time. And Topher Grace just, just nails it. Um, I thought he was really, really fun. Um, so I like that a lot. Thomas Hayden Church wasn't even like a true bad guy, right? He's like trying to do something to save his daughter. His daughter's. Like, like, this one is of part those of the problem villains, with the movie yeah. is that yeah. they don't articulate that very well because like, yeah. his daughter is sick. Yeah, and so it's like, does he need to steal money to like get her treatment? They never really ex or is he stealing state medicine? that expl explicitly, but he's also escaped from prison. But then it turns out that he's the one that killed Ben, but it might have been an accident. Yeah, and so like, I thought it was weird that they tried to retcon that to <coughs> try to add tension between Peter and him. It didn't land. No, like that was not a great choice, and it kind of undermines the entire motivation of Peter Parker. <laughs> but yeah. again, like this is an imperfect movie. It has problems yeah. like that. But I think it, it's, it doesn't deserve the reputation it has. Um, so it, it might be worth checking out. Yeah. So what did you see this week, Crossman? <laughs> um, I watched a kind of goofy, low-budget horror movie called Dagon. Sure. from 2001. Um, my standing of like H.P. Lovecraft fans, this is like the most like accurate... H.P. Lovecraft like movie out there. Weird. Okay. Um, so Dagon, it's low budget for sure. Like if you were watching it on like Sci-Fi Channel, it would blend in <laughs> with like other stuff that's there. <laughs> but um, there's there's more to it uh, than that. Like there's um, so the the plot of the movie is there's a group of vacationers who are on a sailboat. <coughs> And they run into some bad weather, and they see an island. They, they crash, crash just off the shore of the island, and a few of them make off, make it off the boat. And the island is semi-abandoned, but there is like a village 
on it, and it turns out that there's like a uh, a cult on on the island, and they get like captured, and they have to like get a. We we follow this like one. This guy. sounds very Lovecraft so far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the <clears throat> people of the island are more Lovecraft here. They're like. Um, in various states of like de evolution, where they're like turning into kind of like fish creatures. Oh, yeah. And the, yeah, there is definitely a Lovecraft story that is exactly this. Yeah. 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 Um, and we follow this main character, and he's like trying to, he gets like captured after like checking into this hotel. The village kind of like all the creatures like come out and like are looking for him, and he's like running <coughs> around the island. We follow him mm -hmm. in his like adventures like around the island. Um, there are like good, interesting things that are happening. Um, the low budget nature of the film like really hurts it. Like they do use some like really terrible CGI effects, which are early aught CGI effects and oh, no. not expensive. Um, so, but there are like real mo like good horror moments in this film too. Um, there's one in particular where like he's he's in a hotel room and one of he sees one of his companions from the back just like appears in his hotel room okay and the terror of the scene is like he she like isn't turned around and he like goes around to like see <laughs> the other side and then there's like a, right. a jump scare there um so there there are like some interesting and like good scares in this movie um and then there are other things that like don't work about it um but i think for a film that had like very clearly a very low budget it actually like works really well like i wouldn't hmm. be surprised if their budget was like one to two hundred thousand dollars for this <laughs> film um that is cheap yeah and yeah. they do a lot like with with that budget um is this a netflix movie or is, is it on netflix i mean it's uh where did you, where did you find this on, thing on some streaming service okay. probably prime okay. maybe netflix um yeah, there, there, there's a lot that I like about this movie. I, I've never read H.P. Lovecraft. Um, a little bit. But there's some people that are just, like, really into Lovecraft in the way mm -hmm. that, like, people are into Steve, Stephen King. Yes. And it's it's a very odd genre of, like, horror writing. <laughs> yeah, um, I like the... Uh, I think the appeal of it is that it he creates this mythology that is unknowable. And like yeah, that's the myth of the it. cosmic horror. Right. Like it's this yeah. thing that is just beyond the scope of human comprehension. Yeah. And like that I think is very appealing to some people because it stands in contrast to most other Western myth and that like you like it, like in Greek mythology you have gods as characters and here it's just like this is an unmotivated force mm -hmm. that exists, period. Yeah. Yeah. And like that. It's mysterious. <clears throat> right. And they just ignore that that's all just a vehicle for his racism. <laughs> yeah. He's very racist, yeah. apparently. He's yeah. a very much like a eugenicist for sure. Yeah. And right. uh, the notion of like <clears throat> subhuman and de evolution is like common in all of his all of his writing. Yes. He's apparently friends with the guy who wrote Conan the Barbarian. Okay. Uh, who was also racist and also very obsessed with because um, hmm. Conan is like a super misogynist character right. and he often fights like sort of de devolved humans or like ape-like ape sure. creatures. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's like a Nordic character, like engaging, yeah. So, yep. um, 
But. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure what to say about it beyond that. And Lovecraft has influenced so much. We, we've watched The Thing, and he's like a direct influence on that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I mean, well, any kind, a, a lot of <laughs> fantasy, literature and fantasy stuff in general in the modern era, you, yeah. can, you can see a, a Lovecraft influence. Watchmen. Um, yeah. Actu yeah. Actually, <laughs> a, a lot of... Um, At least the comic. <laughs> Uh, Alan Alan Moore. Yeah, he he like rewrote H.P. Uh, uh, Lovecraft stories. Yeah, and like updated them. It, well, and, and in his his swamp his run on swamp thing, you could certainly see uh, some parallels there, just in terms of like a fascination with stuff that is like that knowing will drive you crazy. Knowledge becomes a source of insanity. Yeah, mm -hmm. like you see that kind of th themes in yeah. his writing. Same thing with From Hell, right? Like, yeah, it, like his giant comic on Jack the Ripper. Same kind of stuff where he like starts connecting it to the occult and those those kind of issues. Yeah, and we see that here. Like it checks all the Lovecraft boxes, like cult, tentacles, yeah. cosmic oh, yeah. horror. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the interesting things I thought about this film is that they kind of do the back. They eventually get to like the backstory of the island, and right. it was like a sort of Mediterranean island, and they were very poor, and they like um, they just like reject. Christianity and introduce <laughs> uh, Dagon as as a de as a deity, and they start worshiping that. It brings riches to the island, but then they become fish. Then they become fish people. Is, is Dagon yeah. a like Lovecraftian deity, or is it made up for this movie? It's he, he's. I think it's a direct Lovecraft reference, like a like a yeah. canon Lovecraft canonical reference. Yeah. yeah. Although I've been told know. that Dagon <clears throat> and this movie are different stories, but they like took the okay. title and. Yeah, but it's still a direct like Lovecraft. Okay, um, story. Um, it's an interesting film. It's an interesting exercise in like low budget or yeah. Um, the guy that directed it wrote Reanimator, which oh, really is okay. uh, another Lovecraftian horror sci-fi. Well, movie. and a and a classic. And a classic. Yeah, yeah. like that's another mm -hmm. touchstone for a lot of yeah. directors. Um, so okay, so it's a it's a soft recommend. That's what I'm hearing. I, I think it's interesting. I think if you're like a horror head, then I think it's worth watching. Okay, um, just to see kind of the spectacle of it. Yeah. You're, you're um, digging deep in those Amazon menus. <laughs> so I no, I went like. looking for it because I oh. I had heard on recommendation that this was like interesting and, and worth okay. watching. Yeah. All right, so um, that's at least two people that liked it then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Right on. Yeah. Um, my pick what? next? Yeah, your pick. What are we watching? All right, staying within the uh, horror theme, we're going to go with Let the Right One In. Um, so this is the... The OG, not the, the Yes, the, the, yeah. the one with subtitles. Um, so <laughs> okay. we're, going with, we're going with the original, not the two years later American remake, which is still good, but, you know. I didn't feel the need to watch the remake. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it's... The, <laughs> yeah, you were correct. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do the, the original Swedish one, um, get a different flavor of horror, I think, than what we usually see. Um, if you're uh, if you're liking the show, uh, please share it with people. Thank you for listening, and join us next week for Let the Right One In.